Hey guys, before we get into the episode, it blows my mind that we're launching another podcast. And this time, I actually want to feature you guys as a guest. Now, if you're a six-figure entrepreneur who has your own podcast and you listen to the show, I actually want to interview you on our brand new podcast, which is called Six Figure Podcast Rebels. You just need to go to www.top100interview.com and you can apply to get featured. All right, guys, back to the show. I had a video that I put online that like weeks later I looked at it and it had like several thousand views. And I was like, what the heck? Like, how did I do that? What, what happened? Um, and then, so I started to like dissect, like how, how is this video getting so many views and this one isn't? And it's a video that I posted like weeks ago. And even the video I posted yesterday isn't getting this much. And so that's where I realized like, oh, it's because YouTube is a search engine. I have to treat it like a search engine. Have you ever looked at yourself in the mirror and thought, wow, I really thought I'd be further ahead by now? If so, you are not alone. I've spent the last two years traveling the globe looking for the answers. The problem is, it's fear of failure that was holding me and so many of you back. I realized that no one was telling the real story of entrepreneurship. So I flew to the US, decided to face my fear and go all out to build my million dollar business completely from scratch. But the real question is, how will I do it? Join me on my journey and find out as we build our online tribe and share the internet's top marketing secrets. My name is Jamie Atkinson, and this is the Entrepreneur Junkie Movement. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Entrepreneur Junkie Movement podcast. I'm your host, Jamie Atkinson, the podcast junkie. And man, I'm just super hyped up about the episode today because the person I'm going to interview today is somebody that I've been watching uh, kind of from afar since Funnel Hacking Live this year. The first time I ever met her was actually in person. It's the first time I heard about her when she was speaking on stage. And she actually broke down a ton of really, really interesting things about video. And I know there's going to be a ton of you in our audience who are super interested in YouTube and how to effectively scale your audience. And one thing that uh, my speaker today actually spoke about, which was super, super interesting to me, was it's not just about the subscribers, it's about how many people are actually watching your videos. My guest today, she's the creator of the VIP code. She's worked with a ton of amazing entrepreneurs, including the likes of Steve Larson, James P. Friel, Christy Code Red, Rachel Peterson, Alex Sharfen. And just last week, she was actually working with Damon John in New York City, you know, that guy who's on Shark Tank. No big deal, you know, just a regular thing. She helps you guys to scale your audience and ROI using video. Please welcome my guest today, Molly Baird. What's going on, Molly? Ooh, hey, thank you for having me. I'm very happy um, that you're here on the show because, you know, it's so funny, but it, it's kind of like the more people that I interview, the more time I'm now spending with people who I'm super curious about learning more, but are also in our, in our circles. So I know that you're um, kind of inside Russell's inner circle. You've been killing it in the video space the last couple of years. But just for anybody that doesn't kind of know a little bit about you, Marley, can you just give us a real quick intro about how you kind of got started in the whole online space? Well, I used to be a dental hygienist, so it was just a quick hop over from dental hygiene into the online world. Not so much. <laughs> um, but it was something that like, I, I always was, was good at social media and online and internet websites. Like, it was kind of something that I did as a hobby. Um, even as a kid, I was always making videos. Like, I'd steal my dad's video camera and make some funny videos with my cousins. Um, and when I was a dental hygienist, it was something that 
uh, I didn't love. I had actually, before that, I was working in event management. Like, I would put on concerts with celebrities or speaking engagements with, like, some of the big names that, like, we all follow right now. I wish that I had really um, taken advantage of it more at the time, that, like, the people who are on my bookshelves now or the people that I used to be, like, grabbing water for and making sure they were on stage at the right time. Um, but yeah, I was a dental hygienist and uh, it was not something that I loved doing. And so between patients, I, I started picking up some social media work, starting with just that dental office. And the IT guy at the office asked if he could refer me to some of his clients and he referred me to all of his clients. So I kind of like had a business there by accident and thought, well, I want to go all in on this. So I started making videos for myself. They started doing amazing, getting awesome results. So then I thought, can I do videos like this for my clients? And then it kind of, it really, it took off from there that I started doing videos for my clients and now exclusively just do video, YouTube, um, and scaling people's audience and ROI with video. Yeah, and it's pretty interesting because what I want to dig into straight away, Marley, and, and thank you for sharing that because hopefully that gives people some, because I, I get so many people that come on and, they'll, and people will listen and they'll say, well, that's okay for Marley because she's, you know, X, Y, Z. But like, how, how long ago was it that you were a dental hygienist? How many years ago? Um, I got married August of 2016. So I, and like, that was when I really went all in the business. So like the business really, I was probably, it was full time, like, 2017 so just two years ago that's crazy right and and you're doing such amazing stuff in this kind of space right now it's crazy that really two three years ago you weren't even doing half this stuff which is nuts so this is why this is why i love to talk to people about this because it's so possible to do and everybody that kind of comes on this show even though some are wildly successful they're usually only a couple steps ahead of most people but one thing one thing i wanted to ask you because um, obviously, you've grown a lot in the last couple of years, just so people can get a perspective on, I guess, the size of you as a company right now. How many people do you have working inside your company right now? Uh, is it And it's just you and, and Wayne uh, as the main owners, right? Yeah, my husband, Wayne, and I. Um, but then it's we have 15 people on our team. That's crazy. So you guys have grown rapidly, which is super amazing. So talk to me a little bit about the evolution of um, the company and kind of where you first got started. Because what I'm really curious about is um, you've grown this kind of movement of people who are following you on YouTube. And one thing, you know, somebody might look at your YouTube channel and say, oh, well, she's got 10,000 followers. That's nothing. My friend Jimmy down the road has got 100,000 followers or 80,000 followers on Instagram, why should we pay attention to Mali? But what's really interesting about the way that you do stuff, Mali, is that you have literally millions of hours of watch time, right? So can you just tell us a little bit about how you first started to grow this movement and when you saw that shift? Yeah, well, so one of the things that I wanted to focus on was actually building an audience of, of people that care, that, that are part of your movement, part of your tribe. And I, I, you know, you see online these flash in the pan influencers that they, they do things that are, I don't know, maybe like not impactful. And that's why like when we created the VIP code, VIP stands for video impact profit, that it's not just like VIP being this big, important person. It's not about the ego in it. It's about how are you actually making an impact and creating impact driven and profit focused content. Um, so when we create content for, our, for myself, for my clients, uh, it's, it's for the audience. Like, how do we make them part of our movement? How do we give them that name that they call themselves and they, they want to be part of a tribe and, and a tribe that's also building a movement for themselves? So one of the main things that we focused on wasn't just the vanity metrics, but also about 
how are people actually following this? How is this changing their lives? And, and when we create content, we imagine that we're speaking to just one person. Like I think every business owner has gone through that exercise where you build like your target audience, your demographic, you put a name to them, you ask them like, what's keeping them up at night? Like you really understand them inside and out. And now when you're filming, like you're speaking to a camera, like an inanimate object, but who are you actually speaking to? Because if you can change one person's life, you can change their family, their business, their community and the world. And so that's what we focus on is like that individual. How do I actually help that person instead of getting overwhelmed thinking like I'm speaking to a massive audience. If all I can do is focus on one person and change one person, that is enough. Yeah, that's really interesting. Well, one thing I always find really curious about a lot of entrepreneurs, Marley, is that you teach mass movement and brand building and how to create that identity amongst your audience. Did you ever struggle to do that for your own business? Because I know some people who've taught to others, but then struggle to do it for themselves. Yeah. Um, and I feel like that's, that's why I created this. And I, I always like to look at this and, and speak to an audience that like, their, my before picture is their current reality. And like where I am now is the after picture for me, or really it's like, it's the current because obviously we're always growing into the future, but it's to show like the before and after picture is the current reality, the hopeful transformation. Like this is where, where you can be. And, and the reason why I created what I created is because I've had those struggles too, that um, I used to film every, every Sunday I would film one video and it would take me all day to film just one video. And then it would fizzle, like it wouldn't get any traction on it. And now we batch film six months of content in three days or 60 days of content in, in eight hours. So like I get, I can get a lot done in less time and stuff that really like spans a lot further and has more longevity or content that would just fall flat and that you'd feel like reactive to your content. Like how often for people who are listening, how often do you feel like, Oh, I have to do a Facebook live today or oh, I got to do some Instagram stories. Like it becomes a chore instead of something that you like to do. But when you have this foundational content, especially on YouTube, where it's a search engine and people can find it for years and years to come, it's like owning attention instead of just renting the attention. So I absolutely struggled with that of like not having enough time, not building an audience, wasting time on stuff that just like slipped through the cracks or felt like down the drain. And so that's why we created what we have today. What, what do you think was one of the biggest things that held you back from growing all that time? Um, definitely like feeling uh, the shift for me also of like knowing who I'm speaking to and wanting to speak to that one person so that I could share a story instead of just like the tactical, here's how to, it's like, here's my story of how I, how I do this. Like people, people love to know that I was a dental hygienist before that. Like I clean teeth all day. It makes and, it real, right? <laughs> Like I am real, just like, and so if anyone's saying like, well, Marley can do this because this, I was a dental hygienist. I did not go to school for marketing or whatever else or, or video editing. Like I learned on the school of YouTube. Like I, I, I took video, I watched videos. I learned from people. It was like, you have that word on the, on the wall behind you grit. It's like, I was just willing to do what it took to, to be able to get there. Um, and I, and I had to learn the hard way and fail forward and, and that's what brings anyone to where they, where they have the opportunity to be. Yeah. What, what do you think, can you remember what that epiphany moment was that you had when you started to move in this kind of direction that your company is with now? Like what, what was that moment that made you realize that this was going to be the way you were going to do things going forward? Um, I had a video that I put online that like weeks later I looked at it and it had like several thousand views. And I was like, what the heck? Like, how did I do that? What, what happened? Um, 
and then, so I started to like dissect, like how, how is this video getting so many views and this one isn't? And it's a video that I posted like weeks ago. And even the video I posted yesterday isn't getting this much. And so that's where I realized like, oh, it's because YouTube is a search engine. I have to treat it like a search engine and to not just like throw some content up there, like content for the sake of content. It has to be content that like, I mean, you and I follow Russell Brunson and his very famous like hook story offer and to position your content in that way but not just create content that you think people want to watch, but actually look at the search engines, look at tools like keywords everywhere and TubeBuddy to see what are people actually searching for that you can then rank for. And then not just to like put out content, but what's the profit strategy to it too. Like click the link in the, in the description below and come onto this email list. And then how do you nurture them from there? And then what's your value ladder that, that you're able to, so we call it like a value ladder. And then we also create the visibility ladder that then nurtures people into each step and ascends them up all the way so that they get the most access and most product and service from you. Oh, that's interesting. So the visibility ladder, the goal of that is to take someone from the step they're at right now. And do you do that in videos? You send them to certain videos or? Yeah. So like in our videos, of course, we, we want to have like click link below for this lead magnet so that they can come onto the email list. But also how else can we nurture them and show like to, to go deeper into this subject, click on this video where I talk about this or I share my story about how I did this in this video. And so it, the same way that people binge watch Netflix content we want them to binge watch your YouTube content too. Um, and then even from the email sequences, like how are we nurturing them and telling them a story? Russell Brunson talks so profoundly about like the soap opera sequence and how, how that nurtures people into really understanding who you are and building, building them as part of the tribe. And so the visibility ladder is to inject them into each step and ascend them through not just your products and your offerings, but like your story and, and feeling more connected to you from being like, you know, on the sidewalk to then now being like in the fast lane. That's really cool. So it's almost like a soap opera sequence, but with, uh, with videos. So you're yeah. kind of directing people to go to the next, Oh, that's so cool. I like that. I like that a lot. So talk to me about, you know, because I'm sure that you go in and you see a ton of entrepreneurs who are doing YouTube right now. And I've person purposely not gone on to YouTube myself. I think the reason behind it was that I see so many people that if they don't have a proper strategy, just uploading videos um, with, you know, a couple of keywords in there for me doesn't seem like a great strategy. Like I see a lot of people do it and I kind of say to myself, okay, well, when I'm going to do YouTube, I'll go find someone who understands the strategy who can help me to do that properly. But I see a lot of people who use things like repurpose.io and they'll record a Facebook live and then it'll send it to a podcast and they'll send it to YouTube. But then if you check out their YouTube videos, they're getting, you know, hardly any views, right? Nobody's actually looking at those videos. So that's just my outside perspective looking in. What, what do you see as the biggest mistakes that people make when they put content on YouTube? Very much like what you talked about, that it's not content that's actually produced for YouTube. That this content, like when people go on YouTube, they want to be entertained, they want to be engaged, they, or they want to get the how-to information that they need. But even with how-to videos, they want to go exactly for that thing, like that answer that they needed, and then get out to go implement whatever it was that they came for. But if along the way you can entertain them and elicit some sort of emotion like humor or even just make it cinematic that keeps them hooked, like that's how you get that watch time. Like YouTube also, the big thing that everyone needs to know is that YouTube is going to favor your videos if you keep people on your platform. So as much as people want subscribers, YouTube is also looking for watch time, the retention rate, how much of the video are they actually watching and then click through rate. So if they see your thumbnail compared to everyone else's, 
are people actually clicking on yours compared to your competitors? And the more that you get watch time and click through rate, the higher the videos are going to be. Um, so I kind of forget the question that you asked. But <laughs> I said, what, what do you see is the biggest mistake that people make? The biggest mistake. Yeah. Creating content that isn't YouTube optimized. Like, of course, like SEO is important. That's very important if you want longevity on the platform so that people can be finding this content for months and years to come, but also that it's content that, that people are actually looking for. So doing a Facebook live and just posting it on, on YouTube isn't great because it doesn't have the format for retention. Like people watch Facebook lives, but they also watch them in the moment because they know that it's not going to last that long. Like how often have you come across a Facebook live that was posted two years ago? Not very often, right? But you could find a, a YouTube video that was posted two years ago and watch it all the way through, even though it's not, it's not recent. Um, and it's because of the format and because it's more like it's produced and polished and and created for retention. So how do you how do you increase retention? Because I see a lot of uh, you know YouTube videos that I watch by some people. They do things like they cut the camera in and cut the camera out, and they do you know the, you look at the really big content producers for comedy effects and they're like every six seconds it seems like something crazy is happening on the screen but as entrepreneurs and, and where we want to try and give you know real value as opposed to just entertaining people on screen um what, what are some of the like how to's to make sure that you increase the retention yeah so um what you were talking about is like they zoom in they zoom out and there's different so we call those attention resets and so attention resets are typically like the natural amount of time of a blink so imagine like you typically just blink every six to 10 seconds. And not that we want it to be like hard cuts or anything distracting, but even just the subtle movement or a different camera angle. Like I like to think of, imagine if you were watching the show Friends and we're in Monica's apartment. If it was just like one camera in the corner and all you did was watch that, like it's not as entertaining, but you get like a close up on Joey and then you get like a pan across the room and like it, 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 it changes the viewer's attention to things and it shows them what they should be focusing on. And so it doesn't just have to be a change of the camera or the angle. It can also be um, an image that comes up on screen or B-roll or words or the lower thirds or social media icons, like something that just changes the, the direction of what's going on in the video without it being distracting. Um, the other thing is retention right from the beginning is really important. Like I'm sure you've heard this all the time, but like the beginning of the video, the first three seconds, the first 10 seconds, like you need to hook them in there because otherwise we're going to go look a kitty and go watch some silly cat video instead of watch what this is. And if you wait until like three minutes into your video to start getting entertaining, you're, you've lost them already. So what I like to do is focus the entertainment on the first bit of the video so that then they think like, okay, they've put in some effort here or this was funny or or what wow like what's gonna happen next um even like in commercial think of like commercial breaks when you're watching tv like right before the commercial break they give you that cliffhanger and now you can't go to bed you gotta watch one more episode, uh, you gotta one more episode. What happens next so like the my biggest advice is attention resets throughout the video and the like front load the video with with humor with engagement with something entertaining to keep them yeah, because I, I remember I watch, um, sometimes I see like, uh, is it Sunny Lenarduzzi? She does like, when she, when I see her Facebook ad, she's like, like, yeah, like, yeah. And like, and like, you know, grabs your attention. It's like, listen to what I'm going to say. Right? Yeah. And it's like, oh. yeah, and then you go and click the button. But yeah. yeah, I love those ones that do those kind of three second upfront things. So totally. what, one thing I want to um, learn a little bit more about is, um, you said the VIP is all about the video, the impact and the profit. And, and I'm always focused on, um, 
not always, but I think profit's really important, especially for brand new entrepreneurs to be able to invest more time and to commit to something for a long period. You know, we, we do podcasting and we always say to people like, you should make money from it as soon as possible so that you can prove that it's working and then continue to do it over the long term. So I'm super curious about video on YouTube. Is most of the strategy for getting profit out of it based on um, sending people through funnels and it's purely a traffic based thing? Or is a lot of it about, um, you know, sending your existing customers through the videos to nurture them? What's the, what's the kind of, I guess, the main way that people should focus on monetizing yeah. this? And there's so many different ways you can monetize through YouTube. Like you can sell merchandise, you can just get money from AdSense for like people clicking on your videos and watching the ads. Um, you can also retarget people who've watched your videos and send them to your ads. Like think of all the people that you, you watch their ads before you watch the person whose videos you clicked on, like that's part of their strategy and it all works. It's also, it's kind of, maybe it's just a preference. But for me, like when I first started, I didn't have a, a product yet. All I had was my social media services. So what I wanted to do was I wanted to get people to click the link, sign up for my email list. Cause now I own that traffic. Now I can then nurture them. I can email them. I can tell them about my travels where I'm going to be in their city and maybe they could do a consulting day with me or whatever, or sell them into my, my services as every email would like talk a little bit about what I can do as well as my story. Um, because if you just, if you're just focusing on like AdSense, which you get a, a penny here and there for like however many hundred views, that's not yeah. sustainable. And again, it's like, it's traffic that you don't own. So if YouTube shuts down tomorrow or if they change their algorithm or if they change whatever, like we don't own that anymore. So I know that I can make more money for how many people I get on my email list, my cost per acquisition or my lifetime value of that customer. It's so much more valuable if I can nurture them, get them on my email list. And then because of the follow-up, like my soap opera sequence and being able to, to also another, this is a cool bonus thing that I do. Guys, get out your pens and paper if you're listening. <laughs> so one of the things that I do, you got it ready? Um, I'll, I'll wait. All right. You, okay. You got it? Great. Perfect. Okay. So what, <laughs> what I do is, so on the, the opt-in page, they click the link, they put in their email address. Then the next page, you can do a tripwire. Like tripwires are awesome if you have a low cost little ebook or, or video series or whatever kind of thing that you can sell to them. But on the thank you page, on the confirmation, after they signed up for everything, I have a video and it's like, congratulations, this thing is on its way, go check your email. But by the way, I have one more exclusive bonus that you can get. It's in the file section of my Facebook group. And then people go into my, I get op people opting into my Facebook group all day, every day, because they found my video, they opted in for the free thing, Maybe they already got the tripwire or whatever. And then on the thank you page is one more thing. And it has to it, like be, be honest with that. Like it's, this is a lead magnet that is only in the Facebook group and people come in for it all day, every day. Um, and so now I've gotten like five words with one stone because they've watched my video. Hopefully they've subscribed. They've opted into my list. I have pixeled them for my Facebook pixel and now they're in my Facebook group. And one thing we know is when people go into those Facebook groups and when they're engaged, they become really your super fans, right? Those are where, you know, I've always found the people in my groups are the ones who are the most connected and the, the nearest to you apart from your customers, right? Yeah. So that's fun. <laughs> it's really fun. One thing I wanted to ask, because I don't know anything about YouTube clearly, um, but what's the best way to get people and i know there's never going to be a best way but in your experience what works better for getting people onto a list on youtube do you just drop a link in the description and mention it really early mention it really late do you explain what the value is what what would be the best way to do that you think 
um, I like to do it as early as possible without it being distracting. Like I want it to fit into the conversation. So an example I give is like, we have a client who um, she, she's a weight loss expert. And so there's a video that she does. It's very popular that it's about like how to, like, what to buy at the grocery store when you're in weight loss mode. And so at the beginning of the video, she's saying like, okay, like we're at the grocery store. I'm going to show you exactly what I put in my cart. And by the way, if you click the link below, you can get my exact grocery list so that next time you're at the grocery store, you can get the exact same things as me. So go get that and let's go. And so she like says it right before we actually get into the content of the video when people are the most retained. And even throughout the video, like as you're speaking, if there's something, I do this actually quite frequently where I'm talking about, because um, a lot of my content is about video marketing and about filming. And so I'll, I'll talk about, and we batch film our content. And by the way, if you want to know exactly how we do it, click the link below and you can get my how to create 60 days of social media video content in eight hours. And so they click that and it just, it fits into the conversations that's already happening. It's not like, hold up, commercial break, go get this. Like, I, I want it to flow nicely. So it's almost like hook, high drama, freebie pitch, and then into the story and the content. Correct. <laughs> like it, like it. Because that's cool, right? It grabs the attention, it paints the picture, why they need it. And yeah. then you go into the, all right, here's the freebie thing that's going after that. Molly, this has been super fun. I feel like I'm learning a ton about YouTube and all of the video stuff. What do you think is the, the biggest thing that most people are doing with video that's giving them a lot of success. So all of, and obviously you've got your own methods and things like that, but of everybody that you see who is winning at Facebook, uh, sorry, YouTube and videos in general, what's the thing that they all sort of have in common that they're all doing, do you think? Um, two things come to mind is like engaging with your audience, like remembering that you're not just putting up content and setting it and forgetting it. Like there's a community tab on YouTube that people don't realize that you can use. Like you can post on hello, <laughs> get your pens <laughs> and paper out again. There you go. Um, so the community tab, like post on it the same way that you would post on, on Facebook to get engagement. You can create polls, you can create, like get, like talk to your audience there or even tease like what's coming up. So that's a really big one. Um, and then the other one is to create a content ecosystem. Like we repurpose that content. We post it on, on Instagram, on, on Facebook, on LinkedIn, and then, and then it all drives back to YouTube. So every few days there's an Instagram story that's teasing this video and then it's like swipe up to go watch the full thing so the same thing like when you see these awesome commercials on TV that are like a, a movie trailer that make you think okay now I need to go see the full thing yeah right with like the when the whopper one comes on it's like get the new whopper and it's like the movie right. trailer right yeah I'm vegetarian but you know hey ho it's, <laughs> it's kind of cool right so I love that and what um the other thing I wanted to ask you about was um, behind the community building that you've been doing for your own brand personally. So what's been some of the big um, things that you've implemented in the last couple of years that have really helped you foster a, a much stronger community that people keep coming back to? Um, I like to be quite personal and it's, and sometimes people get, um, they feel like worked out, they're like, I don't want to get, I want to be private. I don't know if I want to let people in. But for me, vulnerability has really opened up so many doors. And, and when you're willing to be vulnerable, it gives other people permission to do the same. Like it, it drives me crazy sometimes when people are like, I'm too scared to do video. Like I know it would help my business so much, but like, why do people want to hear from me? Like it's, it's equal parts like imposter syndrome and also just insecurity and fears. But like, think of who's watching, who's listening, who needed you to be that beacon of light and show them that like, if they can do it, I can do it too. And so it's, it's really inspiring to me. And, and it's such an honor and a pleasure when people say like, I watched this and you inspired me to do this. 
So my content, I just, I, I mean, obviously there's, there's, there's boundaries um, and there's still things that are behind closed doors, but I, sh I like to show the good, the bad, the ugly. And I also like to be funny. Like I, I like to, to think that I'm a Instagram stand-up comedian and I like to test my, test my uh, best work on, on my Instagram don't stories. Don't you always hate it when you, when you say you're funny? Cause it's like, you usually are funny and I watch your stuff all the time, Molly, and, and you are hilarious. But do you ever find when you say, and I'm really funny, and then you're like, so crap, I haven't said that. anything. I haven't said anything funny in 10 minutes. They're never going to believe me. It's like, oh, that's so true. I, most of the time I'm just like, when I'm, I like to laugh at myself on my own Instagram stories. And I have said multiple times, I'm like, I think I'm funny. If you think I'm funny, that's great. But like, I'm here to entertain myself too. <laughs> yeah. You know, one of the things that I've, I've definitely noticed from an outside perspective looking in um, is that you do seem to have a lot of fun with everything that you do oh, in your yeah. business. Was it always that way? Uh, no, no. Um, definitely uh, when I first started and was balancing like some part-time dental hygiene because I felt like stability in a nine to five. Um, and then also bringing my husband into the business. That was a whole new adventure. So worth it. And like building, building a business and a family together is amazing. We don't have kids yet. I shouldn't say building a family, but like building a life together. Like that's, that's family, right? We travel too much. <laughs> <laughs> we're the same. Um, we're the same. We, we just steal other people's pets. We go and look after someone else. Right. Way cool. Yeah. And like every time we travel, we're like, we're on our 37th honeymoon. Like we just, we make, we make a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, I mean, also working with your spouse is a challenge and it's a challenge that we absolutely love. Like even today we were taught, we, we have like all these goal setting conversations and then sometimes we can have tense conversations because we're both very creative people that sometimes we can have creative differences. Um, but at the end of it, like it has challenged us so much to grow and like that's, um, I think it's a great, great question for any couple to ask is like, what's the purpose of us being together? Like, why did we two people out of the billions of people on earth, millions, billions of people on earth to like meet each other? Like what, what are we meant to do in each other's lives? We are meant to push each other and to grow and to have fun on this adventure together. And so we, we love that. Yeah. It's, it's really unique actually, because I think, I feel like there's a lot of entrepreneurial relationships where they are very much like that, but you don't really see that in many other professions or walks of life where two people work so closely together you know and, and me and my girlfriend are the same it's like 24 7 eat breathe sleep travel and business and because she works in in the same business with me now a lot of the time and and it's crazy right you are so in each other's space it's it's definitely yeah. uh it's definitely fun yeah it's it's the best i wouldn't trade it and there's been times where like you know, as an entrepreneur, you can be like, oh, wouldn't it be easier to have a nine to five? <laughs> like, if someone else would sign my checks. Um, yeah, right. But no, like, I, I can never imagine. And if anything ever changed, like, I would just want to build something where we could be together all the time. And when kids come into the equation, it'll still be the same way. Like, we just want to be together. Yeah. And then you can get them working when they're like four, like child labor, all that stuff. Yeah, child labor. Like, that's what you have them for, right? Like, that's. Yeah, exactly. They can do chores and, and help yeah. out. <laughs> so one thing I want to ask you, um, because you, you do seem like you're a lot of fun. What do you think is the funnest thing that you've done in the last 12 months? Oh my God. I have to pick one. Yeah. The number one, or if you've got two really great ones, I'll let you have two. Okay. I'll take two. I'll bring you two from like just the last couple of weeks. Um, I went on a fishing trip to Alaska with a bunch of friends from inner circle. And like, I'm, I never thought like, I've never really gone fishing. 
but here we are like in the ocean in Alaska and fishing and it was crazy like we went out at 5 a.m and by 9 a.m we had caught 24 fish um and like all big massive salmon like I caught I caught a nine pound salmon and I'm like not a super outdoorsy person but like that was cool um and then straight from Alaska, I flew to um, California where LinkedIn hired me to film. This is actually my second course that I filmed with LinkedIn about video. And they're just LinkedIn, they're so fun to work with. Their entire production team is incredible. And it was also cool to see like just the behind the scenes and their equipment and their production processes. Oh, it was so cool. Did you get to see Reed Hoffman? Was he wandering around there somewhere? No, no, sadly, no. <laughs> Shame. I love that dude's podcast. It's super cool. All right. Yeah, well, I mean, those are my, those are my fun adventures. They're really big. So talk to me. Um, I've got two probably final questions for you and then I'll let you go. So one of my, one of my big questions, which I'm always super curious about when it comes to ambitious people, what's a big goal that you're looking to achieve in 2020? Oh, actually I had a really big one come true recently. Um, earlier this year, I, I made a list of like a hundred crazy out of this world dreams, like things that like, who knows, you know, you like make these dreams that scare you and you're like, maybe I'll never accomplish it, but like, I gotta write it down. And so some of those things were things like, I wanna make $20 million in a year and I wanna be on stage with Tony Robbins and I wanna have like schools and hospital wards with my name on them because of what I've been able to contribute. And, um, and like we contribute in our business, like we put a percentage of our profits to Operation Underground Rescue and like save children from sex slavery and the operations that are able to, um, That's amazing, by the way. Good job. It's a, it's a, I, after watching their documentary at Funnel Hacking Live, like something that we are so passionate about and to also measure it by how many children we can save. Like, it's not just the money that we give, but to know that like, it's 2,500 ish to, to save a child and then put them through aftercare is another I can't remember the exact numbers off the top of my head, but like to think like I've saved 10 children, like to put that number to it and actually know, like this is also the same thing I was talking about in our content to look at it as like the person that I'm able to change their life and to know like I've saved 10 children from this. Anyway, so that's one thing that we contribute to. And then the next thing we wanted to do was like, what can we do for children and education? And so we actually just decided that, uh, and like paid that we are gonna be going to Africa in July of 2020 and building a school and there's going to be like a classroom with our family's name on it so that's that's a big so cool yeah like i we actually just just paid for everything decided in the last like few weeks and we just like announced to our families it was funny we're like we have something to tell you and they're like oh you're pregnant we're like no (laughs) (laughs) um we're building a school so yeah going to africa which is something i never thought i would do and really exciting that's amazing. Well, that's definitely something big that you're achieving in 2020. So yes. congratulations. That yeah. sounds super awesome. Well, Molly, this has been a ton of fun. It's kind of cool to just hang out with you on uh, the podcast anyway. Um, okay. My last question really is to, in fact, I've got two last questions. My first one is, can you think of anybody that you know who would like to come on the podcast and anybody you can recommend? Absolutely. My bestie, Rachel Peterson. Oh yeah, we should hit her up. So that'd be totally cool to get her on the show. So Rachel, if you're listening, Marley's called you out. Sorry about that. And <laughs> last final question is, is there anything that we haven't talked about, which you would really love to share with the people listening? Oh man. Um, I loved, I, I love any time that I can talk about working with, with Wayne, my spouse, my husband, um, because I think that it's, it's sometimes a challenge for entrepreneurs, whether they're, they're, I shouldn't say husband, whether their partner, their spouse is in the business or not. Um, that sometimes there's entrepreneurs that are like, my spouse doesn't understand what I do, or my spouse 
like wants to be in the business, but we're not sure what to do. Um, and something that was a huge eye opener for us early on in, in us working together as spouses and business partners was that I found myself so consumed by the business. Um, and I think it's another challenge for entrepreneurs that like we get a lot of self-worth from what we do. And in a time where I was looking at the business and getting like my self-worth from it, I didn't realize how much I was neglecting my husband in that. And that when he was brought into the business to first of all, see like what I actually do every day and to also find that passion in, in our business, but then to realize like, what am I fighting so hard for? Like I'm, I'm looking for approval from my clients and I'm looking for that self-worth from my clients where I have my husband who like, I don't have to prove anything. He loves me for who I am. I don't have to fight for his acceptance. So when I realized and had that shift to realize that I was putting so much into my business, but I needed to reconnect with my husband and have us build the business together, that was just a massive game changer for, for myself. So if there's anyone listening that's um, wanting to reconnect with their spouse and also need to kind of take an honest look at where are you focusing your time and attention and getting yourself worth from? Because if you can generate that from within or within your marriage and your relationships um, in a healthy way, of course, instead of looking for it externally, it changed everything. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, and thank you for sharing that because that's very from the heart and there'll be a lot of people who are struggling with that. And, um, and I actually just have one final follow-up question on that note. Of course. Um, do you and Wayne um, have, a particular time that you spend together where you don't talk about the business or you do anything like that like this is just because me and my girlfriend sometimes we're like hey we should have a day where we just go and do something different but I'm super curious to know what you guys do um it's hard to, it's kind of weird to say like we don't have structured time where we're like okay no business talk but I feel like we have good balance where we're just like we're together and we're hanging out and like we're not working but then if something comes up and like a thought because we're traveling quite frequently for for business that, um, I don't know, I guess we don't have any like structured time, but we do have a lot of time together where we're just like, okay, now, now is play and now is business and now is just relaxing. So, um, I guess the answer is no, but also just the, like it happens. Yeah, no, that's super cool. Cause I definitely know that you guys are like everybody's favorite entrepreneurial couple and everybody oh. like seeing the stuff that you do. So I'm super appreciative of everything you've shared today. I'm, I'm, I feel this interview went great. I was super happy with it. I think you shared a ton of value and yeah, I'm, I'm super happy to have you back on again in the future. Once we've made oh, big shifts in 2020, I think that's going to be a blast. Absolutely. Thanks. I would love to. Thanks so much for being on the show now for anybody, <coughs> oh, excuse me, I'm dying. Um, for anybody that's been listening and wants to find out more about you, to um, even potentially work with you or to just go and follow along and see what it is you're doing. I know for one, I'm definitely interested to jump on your email list just to check out your soap opera sequence. Where can people <laughs> go to find out more about you? Um, yeah, my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Media. Follow me also on Facebook, on Instagram. And I did mention earlier um, how to create 60 days of social media and video content in eight hours. It's a masterclass. It's not, <laughs> it's funny, like Russell Brunson would tell me not to, it's too much teaching. It's too much teaching. Um, and there's no pitch at the end. So it's just, it's a absolutely free masterclass. You can get that at 60 days of And that's 60, like the numbers six, zero days of Amazing. Molly, can you just spell out um, your YouTube channel? Cause I know a bunch of people are going to type it in wrong. Oh you... yeah. So youtube.com slash Marley Baird media. And that's M A R L E Y B A I R D M E D I A. 
amazing. And we'll put the links down in the show notes for you guys as well. Marley, thanks so much for being on the show. It's been a blast to have you. And I'm looking forward to seeing what you do over the next couple of years. Thank you. Hey everyone, I hope you really enjoyed that episode. As always, if you want to listen to more daily interview content, make sure you subscribe. And here's three ways I can help you in your business for free. One, check out my video on how we're building a pipeline that produces 30 plus prime sales calls every single week using podcast setters and a basic interview funnel. And this is actually how I was able to quit social media forever. You can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash setters. Two, if you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast, we actually want to interview you on one of our top 100 shows. Head to top100interview.com and then three, download our podcast closing formula. It shows you how to create a podcast sales team that books out your sales calendar each week using the podcast closing client attraction method. And you can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash podcast formula. Now at podcastclosing.com, we help six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts create a system for predictable client acquisition without relying on paid advertising or social media by building out podcast sales teams. Now, if you want help turning your podcast into a high ticket client acquisition machine, then book a call with our team to see how we can help. Go to podcastrebels.com forward slash chat. All right, guys, we'll see you in the next interview.